Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Time for business. Dude, we're back with business time. We're the business bros. <laughs> and this is business talk. <laughs> yes. We're talking business today on Straight to DVD. All business, all the time. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. All right, so today we're talking about our top five <laughs> businesses. <laughs> Top five business movies of all time. And our favorite entrepreneurs who run them. Wall Street. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Money um, talks, dude. American Psycho. Hell yeah. That's it. And Succession. Yeah. <laughs> on HBO. Yeah, let's Hell go. Hell yeah. Uh, that's well, not what we're talking that's about. That's not, believe it or not. Yeah. Instead. Quiet Place Part 2, baby. Hell yeah. Which I still haven't seen. Let's go. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we're going to discuss how I still haven't seen it. Yeah. And I'm probably not going to say it. Probably not. Until it comes point. to HBO. Yeah. Because we're, we're contracted with them. Yeah. Business. And also Disney Plus. And Disney Plus. That's and right. And sometimes Netflix when they have a new Zack Snyder movie. That's true. Speaking of uh, Disney Plus and the monopoly they have on the comic book film market, mm -hmm. today, in a brief moment of inspiration via some impromptu text messages. Dude, good segue. Good segue. Thank you. We decided... Let's chat about our favorite portrayals of comic book villains on screen. Yes. Big and small. Big, big. and small. Yeah. Big villains, small villains. Small villains. All villains yeah. in between. I was thinking big screens, little screens. Oh, big screens, small screens. Yeah. Medium screen. Medium screen. So we're going to talk about our top five plus honorable mentions. Yeah. Favorite portrayals of comic book villains and the actors who play them. Or actresses. Yeah. This might be the most, uh, just not impromptu, uh, like impulsive episode we've ever done. I think Peach that's behind true. the curtain. Yes. A little bit. Mm -hmm. We had no idea what we wanted to record this week. <laughs> <laughs> we were throwing out ideas. True. We were like, it's like, well, the Fast Nine's coming out. Mm -hmm. Maybe we do a preview by talking about some other Fast movies. Mm -hmm. Maybe we do A Quiet Place Part 2 finally. Maybe. Yeah, but no. <laughs> but nope. Disney still wills against it. Yeah. Could have done Loki Episode 2. That's true. But I think we'll... I think we'll get... Boy, we'll do, we'll do it at the we'll end. do a big Loki yeah. bonanza. A, a big Loki <laughs> bonanza. Oh! <laughs> brother! Boom, 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 boom. Hell yeah. But yeah, like you said, just mm -hmm. um, kind of just through a... A text chain mm -hmm. where a hot take was thrown out. That's true. About a particular villain mm -hmm. who I'm assuming will show up on both of our lists. And Without question. <laughs> if it doesn't, then, then why, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> what are we fighting for? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that random hot take text kind of just was great. propelled us to this episode. Yes. So with that... And it seems we, we have a pretty consistent comic book theme going on in Straight to DVD. Are we nerds? I think so. I think this is this is the day we finally declare ourselves uh, geek nerds. Geekies. <laughs> well, the truth is... Fanboys. Fanny boys. We... <laughs> Fanny pack boys. That's us. We, unfortunately, live in a society <laughs> where we are so oversaturated with comic book media... That it's kind of impossible to get away from it. Yeah. Uh, so, why not cash in Yeah. and just talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we're here. Yeah. Well, I mean, more people yeah. know 
more people are familiar with what we're going to talk about today than when we talk about Minari, Minari, or, or Seven Samurai, like yeah. one of the greatest movies ever made. Right? Fuck that. No one wants to hear about that. No, absolutely not. They want to hear where Loki ranks in your top five comic right. book movie villains of all time. Right. Yeah, we're going to discuss Tom Hiddleston's beautiful eyes yeah. in this episode <laughs> because that's more important than right. actually making good movies. Correct. <laughs> So, so we're here to cash in. Yes, yeah, so let's Because we're the business bros. Yeah, those bucks are low-hanging on the tree, and we're grabbing them, dude. Yeah. All those singles. Let's go. They're ours. <laughs> so, without further ado, um, let's jump in, and I guess mm -hmm. we should go top five from yeah. five to one, but I guess we should do honorable mentions first. Okay. Do you and have any? I, I have one. Okay. I have like eight. Great. Uh, since you have a lot, uh, let me go first. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll probably name most of my list yeah. and my honorable mention anyway. Yeah. So my one big honorable mention, and he could be on the top five depending on the day, depending on how I'm feeling, depending yeah. on how I cook my eggs yeah. or how strong my coffee was. Yeah. Um, so number six on my list, the big honorable mention is Ian McKellen. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. As uh, Eric Lencher slash Magneto mm -hmm. in the Fox X-Men films. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in, I believe, four of the X-Men films, or five of them. Yeah. Is he in Logan? He's not in Logan. He's in, although if you count his appearance at the end of Wolverine, uh, I believe it's five. Uh, he is Eric Lencher slash Magneto in the first X-Men film. Uh, he's Eric Lencher Magneto in X2, the last X-Men stand, X2, X-Men United, that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's also Eric Lyncher in X-Men 3, X-Men Last, The Last Stand. Yes. Uh, he's Eric Lyncher in X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. And he has a brief cameo as Eric Lyncher in an after credit scene at the end of The Wolverine. James Mangold's The Wolverine. Never seen it. Uh, it's not bad. Okay. Um, it's not as good as Logan. The first two-thirds of it are great. And then the final act becomes a CGI fuckfest. Is that when he goes to Japan? Yes. Okay. Um, and the end credit scene from that movie is Patty Stew and Ian MacDonald popping up to tell Logan slash the Wolverine that they need him for X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Patty Stew. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So he's in five of them. I don't yeah. think I'm missing any. That sounds right. I think he's in five. Um, so he's got a lot of experience playing the character. Uh, I think Ian McKellen, no matter what he's in, is fantastic. Obviously, I think he's most uh, recognized from playing Magneto as well as uh, Ganny Dolph uh, in the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. Um, so those Rings. are his... Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. So I think um, this is one of his two mo most iconic roles. Uh, he played the role for years. He's obviously a classically trained British actor. He's fantastic. And... Uh, He's one of the more interesting mm -hmm. uh, portrayals of a villain, I think, in comic book films. He's he he's very much um, uh, a person of vengeance due to his history. The the Magneto yeah, character uh, being a survivor of the Holocaust um, and how they sort of weave that into what it's like to be mm -hmm. persecuted as a mutant and why yeah. he feels so strongly. Uh, about that, so I think the character is very interesting. I think Magneto is probably one of the best villains that Marvel. Mm -hmm. uh, has, and I'm curious to see who they cast and what they do with him when the X-Men eventually come to the MCU. The MCU. MCU. 
I don't think uh, whoever plays him will be as good as uh, Ian McKellen. Mike Ford. Or her. Or her. Magneta. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike Fassbender was fine. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 was, it was okay. Whatever happened to Michael Fassbender? He, uh, he got rich. Uh, and now, and now he's, he's just living. Still, he living. living. He doesn't yeah. care anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. So that's my honorable mention. John Hamm. Magneto. Interesting. <laughs> Magneto men. Da, 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 da. Just an advertisement yeah. Mongol who can move metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. That sounds completely different take on the character. <laughs> um, nice, dude. Thanks, bro. Good job. Thanks, Congrats. I appreciate Claps that. Claps all Thank around. You. All right, let's hear your eight. My eight. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> Ian Mc... I, I pretty much just named every comic book sure, sure. villain to ever exist. Uh, Ian McKellen is in, is in my honorable mentions. Lovely. <coughs> Excuse me. As is Danny DeVito's Penguin from Batman Returns. Lovely pick. Just because mm-hmm. it's bonkers. You just reminded me of another honorable mention I'll throw in that you might not have, so I'll okay. save it for when you I, I probably I probably don't have this person. Okay. Um, I have some super off-the-wall ones. Okay. Um, I've got Melina in Spider-Man 2. Great. As Doc Ock. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, I've, I've got, this is where it starts getting weird. I've got Chris Evans and Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Wow. Just because it's technically a comic book movie and I wanted to pick something that's not like Marvel or DC. Sure. Um, and he kind of, he kind of steals, he's a, he's a scene stealer in his like brief appearance there. Um, another totally just bonkers one. I've got. Sam Jackson in Unbreakable. Dude. Because it's technically. Yes. A comic book movie, even yes. though it's not based on a previous comic book property, mm-hmm. but he plays a great villain in that, uh, Mr. Glass. So we've got that. I've got Arnie Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and Batman and Robin, oh. because puns. Bruh. Amazing. And my last honorable mention, and this one might be the biggest stretch, um, it's Josh Trank's performance in the fa- making of the Fantastic Four, because of what... <laughs> Because of all of the awful things that he did to the comic book movie genre. Um, that is a meta-villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So those are my honorable mentions. That's incredible. I tried to, I tried to, you know, really think outside the box. Because mm-hmm. um, it's so easy to just be like, you know, oh, five sure. people from the MCU. Right. And that's it. Right. Um, but Josh Trank's performance in ruining that movie... Um, it re- he really could have been number one. For sure. Worst villain. For sure. Uh, two of your honorable mentions mm-hmm. um, jogged some memories Let's in my go. mind of two more that I want to throw out. I'm going to throw out John Linguizamo oh. as the clown, the demon clown in Spawn. I'm not familiar. The movie's terrible, <laughs> but he is horrifying and disgusting in it. He, they put him in so much makeup. He looks like Danny DeVito. Okay. Uh, not to say that Danny DeVito is horrible and disgusting. <laughs> but um, they put him in like... A, Danny DeVito's performance and prosthetic for the Penguin is very much mm-hmm. akin to John Linguizamo's clown in Spawn. Um, he's, I think he's on his knees the mm-hmm. whole film. So he's very short and stocky. He's got a big fat suit on. He's got evil clown eyes and like a big puffy face. Doesn't he do that in Moulin Rouge too? Oh, yeah. He plays a character. It was a crossover <laughs> film. <laughs> Jeff Lickwazama was like, I'll, I'll do the movie, but yeah. only if I get to play a really short person. <laughs> I don't want to stand up. Yeah. yeah. Give me some knee pads, and yeah. I'm not moving around. <laughs> um, so John Linguizamo and Spawn, uh, 
don't watch the movie. Just watch his scenes on okay. YouTube. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. Um, it's very over the top. It's by no means an Oscar-worthy performance, but mm -hmm. I think, it's, you know, if yeah. we're going to have Josh Trank <laughs> as the director, <laughs> I think that's, 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 that's fair. Um, and you mentioned Samuel L. Jackson, who was going to be one of my honorable mentions. Yeah. But akin to that, I'm going to say James McAvoy oh. in Split. Nice. Slash Glass. Yeah. Um, he is amazing mm -hmm. in Split. He essentially is playing like 18 different people. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're all fully realized and very particular in what he does physically while he's doing it. I think uh, exceptional. Uh, I think he was actually skimped on a Oscar nom for that film. It, no Oscar noms? No Oscar nomskis, dude. <laughs> nothing. Tough. Not even tough. a Goldie Globe. <laughs> no, nothing. Dude, no Oscar noms, no Goldie Globes. Nothing for your boy. Damn. But James MacDonald. Did you get some saggies? No saggies. No, no, no SAG afties. No afties. No Kitty's Choice Award skis. Damn. Nothing. Wow. What a shame. But he's shame. great. Yeah, that's actually a good performance. Yeah. Um, he's excellent. Cool. Yes. Good honorable mentions. Great honorable mentions. You had a very solid list. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some top fives. Let's get some top fives. Yeah. 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 yeah top five. So we <laughs> joked about Thomas Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh, he is my number five. Nice. Um, the reason for that is because you can tell that Kevin uh, Fajoli yeah. was not <laughs> expecting the character, I think, to be as popular as he was. Mm -hmm. After the first Thor and after how popular he was in Avengers, you could tell that they sort of wove him in yeah. back into Thor 2, Ragnarok. Uh, Infinity War, and now, of course, the Loki series, so they can then once again weave him back into the main timeline, even mm -hmm. though he died at the beginning of Infinity War. Um, I think on paper, initially, especially in the first Thor movie, he's a bit too dimensional, mm -hmm. but I think as the films go on, and now especially as we're seeing in the Loki show, I think that Tom Hiddleston is a fantastic actor, um, and I think that what they're doing with the character is great, and I think he's one of the best villains the MCU has, because mm -hmm. I think the issue with the MCU is they have all these villains for these one-off movies, and then they die, and they mm -hmm. kill them. Yeah. Or they're just a mirror image of the main hero, like yeah. uh, the Iron Monger in the first Iron Man movie, or, uh, I don't know, Kate Blanchett in Thor Ragnarok. It's just like they're yeah. kind of just there... To be bad. To be bad. And there's yeah. not much humanity going on, there's not much interesting characterization. Um, that's why I think like the older Marvel films, before Disney bought them and became the MCU, yeah. I think the villains were much more fleshed out... Um, and we're just as front and center as a lot of the heroes were. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that Tom Hiddleston's Loki is one of the exceptions to this. I think he plays him very well. Um, and I think the character is fun to watch, genuinely. So nice. he's my number five. Good five. Good start. Nice. Good start. Appreciate it. Um, my number five. I don't know how you'll feel about this. Okay. I don't know how listener will feel about this. Kind of a hot take. But I love Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate nice. Edition. Very nice. Um, it's super over the top. It's mm -hmm. really campy. Um, I think he he understands the assignment <laughs> to uh, to speak in memes, uh, um, but he knows what he's doing there. He he um, he he knows you know how maniacal and, and crazy and over the top this character is supposed to be. I think the scene on the rooftop with the helicopter where he gives the big speech to, mm -hmm. I think it's Batman. Um, it's soups. It's soups. It's soups. It's he's, he's giving the big speech to Superman and he ends it with the, uh, the little like kitchen timer. 
And he says, you had 15 minutes when this conversation started. Now you have less. And it's just like the most tongue-in-cheek line in any comic book movie. And the way he delivers it is perfect. And for that, he's my number five. That's, that is a great pick. And you, you reference an excellent scene. It's actually my favorite scene yeah. in that movie. Well, it's my second favorite scene in that movie. Uh, but I won't talk about the first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that name? He, what's so great about the scene you, that you bring up is that Superman can just obliterate him yeah. at any point. And he knows, and, and Jesse yeah. Eisenberg's Luther knows this. And so the way he plays the scene out is with that knowledge in mind, but just the way like he has Superman on his knees groveling and he like caresses his head or whatever, like he yeah. has control over him. It's very much a man versus God moment. Yeah. Um, and I think he plays it extremely well. And that's essentially, I think, what the movie is about, which ties yeah. into my favorite scene, which I will mention, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is actually, I think, only in the uh, Justice Cut yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah. The, uh, the, the ultimate. The ultimate. The ultimate Snyder Cut. There you go. Yeah. Uh, where Bruce is 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 talking to Alfred right before he decides to go fight Supes, and Alfred's like, "You're you're gonna die, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a man." And he's like, "This might be the most important thing I've ever done with my life." And I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting scene, like him yeah. grappling with the mortality of fighting an indestructible oh, being." God. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, that was a good bad flick. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I think that Jesse Eisenberg rooftop scene you're referencing yeah. sort of ties into that as one of the major themes of the film and is like I said I think yeah. one of the better scenes in the film so good pick thanks man good I appreciate pick. it you I appreciate it. your your approval <laughs> thank you thank you thank you um, okay who you got well, next we both did our top fives I'm gonna do my number four yeah um, Alfred you, it was one of your honorable mentions yeah Mr. Alfred Molina nice as Otto Octavius slash Dr. Octopus it's... in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 um, I think that overall Spider-Man 2 might be one of the best comic book movies ever made. I stand by that a thousand percent. I think it might be. And I don't know if it's just a nostalgia thing, <laughs> uh, um, or if it's actually a great movie. I watched it like sure. a week ago, nice. and it holds up. It does. Do I... that subway scene, that subway fight? Yeah. It's incredible. It's awesome. Well, what's so fantastic about it is that Regardless of the CGI being somewhat dated at points, it doesn't matter because you can tell that, and I don't know if this is Raimi or a fight choreographer he worked with, there's a lot of attention given to the choreography of how Spider-Man would fight a guy with eight giant metal tentacles. Yeah. So everything is like them, like just fighting on the side of, yeah. of the subway car um, is just awesome. And it's just like how... Uh, the character of Doc Ock is just such a great match for him because mm -hmm. he can essentially do what Spider-Man can. Like, he can yeah. go anywhere. He can climb up anything. Um, but in particular, the reason he's on he's on my top five is I think Molina, and this doesn't happen in most superhero movies, he's not really a villain mm -hmm. uh, per se. He's, and this is why I love the ending so much, when he finally gains control again mm -hmm. over the tentacles. Because basically what's happening is the mechanical tentacles on his back are sort, have sort of fucked with his mind because they're like yeah. drilled into his <laughs> nervous system <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah, did he have the protective microchip on right, his back? Right, the, the microchip breaks. That's yeah, right, of yeah. course. Ah, oh, oh Chekhov's microchip, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, it's great because he starts off as a mentor to Peter at first. He's a brilliant yeah. scientist. Um, and he's, you know in dangerous territory with this experimental tech. And of course mm -hmm. it backfires and it's what turns him into Dr. Octopus. Um, and sort of he's led astray 
uh, by this technology on his back, thinking that in order to um, overcome the grief of the fact that his experiment resulted in the death of his wife, mm -hmm. that he'll make up for that by fulfilling his experiment and actually doing it. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I want to destroy the world or yeah. I want to like kill people or, you know, become rich. He's like, no, yeah. I want to finish my work. Well, know? that's what's so great about those first two Spider-Mans is, is that they're so grounded and focused mm -hmm. in terms of like what the stakes are. Mm -hmm. It's not just bad guy shows up, wants to create the end of the world. It's, you know, Peter's friend, Peter's mentor betrays his trust in a way that, you know, Peter has nothing to do but fight him in his spandex costume. Right. That's true. Dude, you brought up a good point mm -hmm. that, that as an octopus, he can fight, he can do the same thing that Spider-Man can. Mm -hmm. I never put two and two yeah. together. Eight legs, eight, eight legs. Eight legs, eight legs, bro. That's, that's insane. That's, that's why he's the, um, I think aside from Green Goblin, I think he's Spider-Man's second biggest uh, nemesis. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So that's my number four. That's a good number four. Thank I you. wanted to put him in my top five, but yeah, oh, I, well, you I gotta, didn't. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Gotta, Lex has got a Luther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The rest, I feel like the rest of my list kind of sucks. Oh, don't um, be silly. <laughs> uh, my number four uh -huh. is unless you are you do you still have any more? No, I'm done with Alfie? I'm done with Alfie. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. See ya. <laughs> my number four uh -huh. is a pretty basic answer, sure. um, and I think this character has the benefit of having essentially an entire movie dedicated to their motivation. Mm -hmm. I know what you're going to say. You know, you know yep. exactly who I'm going to say. I mean, anyone who's been alive in the last 25 years knows who I'm going to say. Yeah. It's Thanos. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a cheap choice because he does get an entire movie, essentially, mm -hmm. for himself to be the protagonist where he's like kind of like more of an anti-hero than he is a villain. That's true. He's more of a Walter White, Tony Soprano kind of kind of figure than, than a Darth Vader. Yes, that's true. Um but obviously in Infinity War, it's done in a way where we almost sympathize with Thanos and understand why he's doing what he's doing, um, which kind of, once you can align yourself with where Thanos is coming from, it makes his, uh, it makes his presence as a villain and his threat as a villain like that much scarier because you kind of know what the Avengers are against and knowing that they're not as fully righteous in what they're doing as they may think they are or would otherwise be if we didn't fully understand Thanos as a, as a character. Um, and Josh Brolin's performance as Thanos is like low key, like way better than it should be or has any business being like, mm -hmm. Hey dude, do you want to come, you know, be a CGI big fucking uh, purple guy? Do you want to be Grimace from, from McDonald's? <laughs> but, <laughs> but with the, wow, I never could. Wow. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but with the fancy, uh, hand, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some fancy hand jewelry um and he could have just like phoned it in but he gives it a lot of heart he does in a way that i wasn't expecting um he does a lot with his face that they you know are able to capture right. fantastically with the motion capture and all that i think it's a good stuff. pick i think aside from i think if lord of the rings were a comic book mm -hmm. a golem would be on this list but yeah. i think aside from golem slash smeagol one of the best uh, CGI villains we've ever gotten was mm -hmm. Brolin as Thanos for a lot of the yeah. reasons you just mentioned. And the fact that 
I think the there the, his eyes. Yeah, he does a lot of insane. emoting with his eyes, mm-hmm. so. and they capture that. I don't think his eyes are CG. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are actually Brolin's eyes, um, and it's like you said, he's like really, really committed to it, uh, and it's you know it's very easy to understand his perspective and why he's trying to do what he's trying to do, even if it, in a lot of people's eyes it's essentially the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Though I do have a question. Uh, I'm curious about this because at the end. Of <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Are we relitigating Avengers again? <laughs> once once more. <laughs> he says, I'll create a new universe mm-hmm. teeming with life, which implies that he can create things with the gauntlet, right? So if the issue that the universe has, and the whole reason in Infinity War is that the universe is short on resources, why, why doesn't, doesn't he just make more food? And like resources, resources, and like fix the climates on planets, because or just make another planet for people to live on. I, he might just not be a people person. I see. Um, you know, I think it just comes down to that. He mm. he needed an excuse to get rid of some people. Some people just don't like crowds. That's true. You know? And even if you create more space, there's still going to be. You know, the crowd is going to find their way there eventually. Okay. So if you get rid of the crowd then there will never be an issue of uh, the crowd. So why doesn't he just terraform every planet and have people move to a bunch of planets? Because then there there will still be crowding. I They'll see. still create crowding. Because then why do show? <laughs> why, make, why make movie? Yeah, why, why movie? Why, <laughs> okay. why make all 25 of those if, if that's the case? Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah. I'm just curious. But it's a good performance. Yeah. Josh Brolin, he, has a, he had a very solid performance. Yeah. Um, way better than it should have been. Like I, I said, think he so. Was, he was way more committed than... I was expecting. Sure. To play, yeah, for Josh Brolin to be the big baddie of the entire franchise. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I um, he would just cash his checks and, like, just mail it in. Right. Joshy. Yeah. Good Thanks, pick. Josh. Good pick. Good pick. Solid Thanks, pick. Um, okay, so those were our fours. Um, my number three mm-hmm. is animated. Oh. It's a voiceover character. Wowzers. It is Mark Hamill mm-hmm. as the Joker. Interesting. Um, I have seen a lot of behind-the-scenes footage of him in the sound booth mm-hmm. doing the Joker character, both for the games and for the animated show and for the movies, mm-hmm. especially um, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. He's not only doing it with his voice, he's like actually acting out the character mm-hmm. in the sound booth. Um, I think that... Audio-wise, he has the best Joker laugh we've ever gotten for any actor who's ever played the Joker. Hmm. Um, I think what he's able to do with his voice is exceptional. I think that, you know, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, it's like, no, when I think of Mark Hamill, I actually think of the Joker. Hmm. I think of the animated Joker. Um, Wowzers. I wish... One of my uh, dreams (laughs) is that... uh, there will be a Batman film with an old, grizzled Joker mm-hmm. who's been there, done that, seen it, and it's played by old Mark Hamill. Interesting. You think he could do the, the live action as well? I think he could. I would love to see it. We should have done our top five Joker. <laughs> <laughs> there are enough of them. Yeah. There you go. That's my number three. That's Mark Hamill's pick. voice. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I thought that was a solid one. That was a very solid one. I appreciate it. Dude, good for you. It was almost number two, but okay. I figured it's not live action, so we'll leave it at three. We'll leave it at three? Yeah. Nice. Okay. My number three mm-hmm. is 
Uh, I'm just going to go out and say it. It's Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. Ah! Um, Mm -hmm. Because as a villain, all that he is is a question. Mm -hmm. He's just... He's the central thematic question of of Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Of like, what do I owe my community as a black person specifically? Um, And Michael B. Jordan is a phenomenal actor, so he brings a lot... (laughs) Mm-hmm. A lot of the necessary weight to that role um, that is needed for for the for the movie. Like he doesn't do too much. He doesn't try to steal scenes when he shouldn't. He it's um, it's just like the perfect amount of acting that is needed for that particular performance. Right. Um, I wish they kind of kept him around for you more movies. Took the words out of my mouth. It's but, it's it's exactly what I was saying with the Loki thing. It's you can't have yeah. memorable villains if you just one and done. Yeah, kill them off. He's also, I mean, he's like a he's a movie star. He's mm-hmm. one of the biggest movie stars in the world, um, and you aren't going to keep going back to that resource and taking advantage of what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Figgy, like go back to that well. Yeah, Continue no. to put. Michael B. Jordan in all of your Marvel movies and like you'll continue to make a fuck ton of money and people will continue to, to go to the to the movies to to watch him. I won't be surprised if they find some way to bring him back. They probably will. Yeah. They probably will. Um, uh, because like you said, he is he's great. He's actually he is the driving force of that movie. Oh yeah. More so than Chadwick, who's great. Yeah, in that movie, and great what he does as uh, as Black Panther, but like the real driving force, like the real reason that that movie is as interesting as it is, mm-hmm. which is like just more interesting than other Marvel movies, is because of Killmonger and what Michael B. Jordan does in that role. Well said. Yeah. So that's my number three. That's a very good number three. And I feel like our two and ones mm-hmm. is just going to come back to, to yes. the conversation that we were having earlier. Yes. So. <laughs> I think that my number two is your number one, and your number two is my number one. Because this is what the text conversation was about uh, today. Yeah. So let's just say what the two are. Yeah, and, and then, then we'll, we'll say yeah. who we have where. We'll discuss the two. Okay. So our top two um, are Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. as the Green Goblin slash Norman Osborn, and... Heath Ledger as the Joker in Dark Knight. Yes. Exactly. And this is where the hot takery came in. Yes, that is correct. So all that other BS was just to lead up to this moment. Correct. This is really the episode. <laughs> yeah. This is the conversation. Is which of these two is the most memorable in terms of a comic book performance? Yeah. Um, so we're talking about Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin in the original Spider-Man film, mm-hmm. um, which Sam Raimi made, which was, I think, probably, arguably, the first great superhero movie. Yeah. Ever made. Mm-hmm. And then you have Heath Ledger as the Joker, who sort of reinvented the Joker mm-hmm. um, into something nobody had ever seen before in Chris Nolan's The Dark Knight, which is also considered, I think, one of the best A comic mon- book. Monumental comic yeah. book movie. Right. But, the, you know, the, I feel like we t- we've talked about this when we talked about Nolan or, or Batman or whatever, is that... The, the interesting thing about The Dark Knight is it's not, and I guess the whole trilogy is kind of like this, but this movie in particular, it's not really a comic book movie, yeah. right? It's it's like a crime movie. It's 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 like a terrorist movie. Um, and, and so I think it stands up pretty well on its own in that regard. But I think without Heath mm-hmm. and, and what he brought to it, I don't think the movie would be as highly regarded as it 
You don't think, you don't think uh, Aaron Eckhart and Maggie Gyllenhaal would have carried carried the slack? The slack that uh, <laughs> as I stare down and try not to make contact eye contact with you. No, I I, I, I do not. I do not think that Aaron Eckhart's Two Face, Harvey Dent Two Face, um, is quite as good <laughs> as Heath Ledger's. You don't think they just write more scenes for Maggie Gyllenhaal? Oh boy, what a why did they recast? Uh, what's her name? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I, she probably didn't want to do the movie. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a discussion for, that's for a, another. Yeah, that's day. another episode. Yeah, our top five recasts in in, <laughs> in cinema. Um, I think that anytime Heath is not on screen in that movie, you're waiting for him to show up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's so good that he does the film a disservice. Um, I mean, you know, obviously there's all the uh, humdrum with him passing away immediately mm-hmm. after filming it um, and then winning the Oscar for it posthumously. Um, and I, I think a lot of people sort of tied in, oh, he lost his mind because he played the character and so he yeah. went in on heavy drugs and he died yeah. because he played the character. That's not like, that's kind of not really what happened. Like he had issues with addiction uh, his, prior to that. Yeah. Um, so it's sad regardless, but if you see interviews like Chris Nolan and Christian Bale talk about this, like on set, it's not like he was stuck in the character. Like they would say cut and he'd just be Heath. Yeah. Uh, he just was exceptionally good, uh, at the role. Um, because, you know, he spent uh, a month alone in a hotel, just reading the source material and coming up with a voice and a a laugh. He did his own makeup originally that the, the, the FX team copied once they decided on a, uh, a style they liked. Um, so I'm not going to say which of the two are my number one. I, w- I want to hear you talk about Willem. You want to uh, hear me talk about Willem? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I wasn't ready for this. Uh-huh. Thanks for putting me on the spot. You got it, Chief. I think you you, you said something during this, uh, this text combo mm-hmm. earlier uh, that I thought was pretty interesting and pretty on point for Willem Dafoe's performance. And that no one, there might not be anyone who has been as committed to a particular comic book movie mm-hmm. villain role than Willem Dafoe was to playing uh, Green Goblin slash Harry Osborn. Norman. No, Norman Osborn. Norman. Um, and it's like the same thing as Josh Brolin. Like, okay, this is a Sam Raimi Spider-Man comic book movie. We have we don't have like too many comic book movie uh, movies that have come around in the past. It's like we have Brian Singer's X-Men. We have a couple of Batman movies and, you know, the Superman movies from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And they're all, like, super campy, super schlocky, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek. And Willem Dafoe is, like, a really fucking good actor. He's, mm-hmm. like, a classically trained Shakespearean actor, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and he gets cast in this in this role as, as Norman Osborn in a movie that really should be as campy and schlocky as everything that's come before it. There's no reason to think that, you know, Willem Dafoe needs to give uh, an Oscar-worthy performance as Norman Osborn. And he does this weird thing where he's hamming it up, but it's also, like, kind of deeply emotional, like a very, Mm -hmm. like, realized and nuanced character, but is also insane and cranked up to... 11 or 12 on the camp scale and the Mm -hmm. insanity scale. And he is able to like toe that line and and keep that balance throughout the entire movie in a way that just like shouldn't really work. Um, 
and for as great as Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man movie is, and it's amazing. It's like a monumental piece of, you know, the history of cinema. Mm-hmm. But Willem Dafoe kind of carries that movie. Um, and he's also extremely, extremely memeable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you hit the hot word that was floating around in my head. He is insane. <laughs> yeah. In the best way possible. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's, he's sort of quirky and somewhat charming and charismatic before he takes the serum. Yeah. But then once he drinks that thing, uh, he just, like you said, he dials it up to 11 and then every scene he's in. And I think the most interesting ones are when he's pretending to be Norman after taking the serum, like the Thanksgiving scene or the scenes where he's like talking to Harry or whatever. Yeah. Because he's just so unhinged now. He, he, he looks like a recovering alcoholic, like in, in all these scenes he's in. Um, and he like the thing he does with his voice when he's like talking to himself or his grin. Oh, he's talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the faces that he makes. Like Mm -hmm. it's like an insane physical performance. Yeah, exactly. He, he has this sort of grin. He does this grin on his face and he looks like a demon. It's it's unbelievable. It's like nobody, I don't know anyone who can do that. Or I've (laughs) certainly never seen anyone do it aside from Willem Dafoe. Um, and I think the, uh, the thing that I think people forget about that first Spider-Man film is how really intense and brutal the ending is where they're fighting. He it's and Peter's horrifying. last fight. He Yeah. Like, Peter drops, like, a brick wall yeah. on him. He, like, tries to impale Peter yeah. multiple times. It's, like, really intense. Um, and they're, like, trying to murder each other. <laughs> they're actually trying to murder each other. Yeah. Um, and it's so personal, and there's, you know... There's so much at stake and like Defoe is like taunting him. Like I'm going to like torture your woman after I kill you kind of shit. He's like, MJ and I, we're going to have a hell of a time. And it's just like, and he's like, tries to stab him. Yeah. And then, you know, the glider comes in and misses and impales Defoe to the wall. Um, and it's just insane. It's insanely fantastic. And he's so good. He's so good at that part that Sam Raimi was like, well, we got to have you in a cameo uh, yeah, in, too. in the second one. Yeah. Uh, Avenge me! <laughs> uh, it, was just, it was just amazing. Um, so the rumor on the block is that in Spider-Man Home, 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 whatever this yeah. third new MCU Spider-Man movie is, yeah. Defoe. Home for home. Home for home. Yeah. Defoe is the main villain. Oh, stop it. Hmm? And he... Every time I think I'm out, they fucking... Biggie pulls me back in. Pulls me back in. If this is true... It won't be. You're probably right. (laughs) But if it is, I hate that my nostalgia pants are on... Because I want to take them off. <laughs> but damn. Can you if, wear a nostalgia hat? I could. Uh, nah, they're pants. Dude. They're pants. <laughs> yeah. They're pants. Okay. Because um, if he comes back, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I want to like, see this yeah. again. I'm worried that if this is true, that marvelifying 
that the legacy of that character in those films will taint him. Yeah, but um, who's I forgot the name of the guy who directs the the Spider-Man home movies, the Marvel homes. Mark Webb, I think. Ironically yeah, enough, really. Yeah. Okay. Fuck, I think that's his fuck name. That dude. If yeah. that's really his I think name. that's true. Um, but yeah, like, does he know how to direct Willem Dafoe as? the Green Goblin the way that Sam Raimi did. Right. Because you need someone as kooky as Sam Raimi to make that work. Right. Like. Right. I think that Willem should just play the MCU's Green Goblin as his character from the White House. <laughs> just harking everywhere. Just harking, yeah. <laughs> you found me lobster, ain't you Spider-Man? <laughs> That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, because well, you have Robert Pattinson's Batman shows up, and then it's hi, 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 Peter, hi, Peter. All right, I like your cooking, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Peter, just the greatest crossover of all time. Just yeah. ruin everything. Yes, yeah, ruin everything. Yeah. There's no way that he's actually coming back. Um, Molina's mostly, confirmed, mostly because I don't want to get my hopes up. Sure, but Molina's confirmed. Damn, dude, Molina is confirmed. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. well, let's see what happens. Yeah, who knows? But back to the topic at hand, our big top two. Yeah. Or Heath as the Joker and Willem as the Green Gobs. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're going for raw, just like subtle acting talent, I think Heath maybe takes the cake a little bit. Ark! That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> but Fair point. in terms of a Sam Raimi movie or an early 2000s comic book film before the Dark Knight, before Batman Begins, before the Logans, mm -hmm. um, before comic book movies were seen as something that could be taken seriously. I think what Defoe did sort of paved the way for villains mm -hmm. um, in the original Spider-Man. I think that like, like you mentioned, what we were talking about earlier was how committed he is to it he just steals every scene he's in. He's chewing on that scenery. And it's just like, I feel like anybody else trying to go over the top like that, it would seem so silly. Mm -hmm. But he just nails it, man. It's, he does. Yeah. So who's your number one? Uh, did you pick a number one? <sighs> I'm going to give it to Heath. It's, I feel like... I feel like it's the safe choice. It's like you were yeah. saying about Thanos. It's just like, okay, it's the boring yeah. choice. But the, the truth is, I think that there's a reason it's as revered as it is. I think there's a reason he won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, I think there's a reason so many people consider The Dark Knight to be the, the like best superhero movie of all time. But I think without him, yeah. it would not be. I'm coming in with the same hot take I, I mm -hmm. texted you earlier. Mm -hmm. Defoe's performance as Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin is better than Heath Ledger's Joker. There you go. Get at me, Christopher Nolan. End of podcast. <laughs> End of forever. <laughs> Final take yeah. of the whole series. That is the take of takes. That is it. Um, I don't know if that's the take of takes, but... I think it's a solid choice. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, Heath is great. Sure. Um, but he he's not towing any lines the way that, uh, the way that, that Willem is. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about Heath Ledger's Joker. Um... And I feel like it's always poor to speak ill of the dead. Sure. But, and maybe that's part of why his performance is seen in the, in the light that the, the way that it is. Um, 
but he's just like he's just playing pure chaos. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to it besides chaos. He's just he says it right. He says yes. I'm an agent of chaos. Yes, and that's all that his performance is. Every scene that he's in is just okay. How is he going to out chaos the last scene that he was in, which is great, and he's phenomenal at that. But he's not doing the same kind of balancing act that Defoe is doing, where he's doing a grounded movie, but he's also doing a camp movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, yes, for, you know, as much as people say that Nolan's Dark Knight is the most grounded superhero movie because there aren't people flying and like in, in the air or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the only reason we say it's grounded. Right, there's no superpowers. It's because there are no superpowers. Right. But it it's like... Is Heath Ledger's Joker performance that grounded? Is it? Is it, dare I say, more over the top than Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin? I certainly wouldn't say it's as over the top. It's not as grounded, though. It's floating. <laughs> it's flo- it's, it's flo- floating near ground? Yeah, it's floating near ground. It's levitating. It's lo- <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do lip with the baby. <laughs> but no one's flying. Nobody's flying. But it's levitating. It's levitating. Yes. Okay. I thought I just came in with a revolutionary take and you immediately shot it down. I, no, I, I'm i shooting nothing down because nothing's flying. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to shoot no, down. Nothing to shoot down. Yeah. No, I think it's... I, I think... Um, I think that people forget about how good Defoe was mm-hmm. uh, in that movie um, because he's been now overshadowed by a lot of the more recent stuff. Yeah. And everybody these days are just like, oh, the, the new Spider-Man movies are so good. The MCU finally did justice to the Spider-Man movies. Screw yeah. the amazing Spider-Man. It's just like, no, we had good Spider-Man movies. Well, that's a completely different conversation yes. for another day. But that's the true. MCU ruined the Spider-Man movie. The Spider-Man is a great character because all of his villains are people who are super close to him. Yes. As like father figures because... Guess what? Spider-Man doesn't have a dad, no. and his one father figure died. That's all. So right. he gets close to these guys, and then they mm-hmm. end up betraying his right. trust. Um, and that's something <laughs> that the Raimi Spider-Man movies do that the MCU doesn't. But um, again, that's mm-hmm. conversation for another day. Uh, speaking of what could be or what could have been, yeah, um, were Raimi to have made Spider-Man Four mm-hmm. after the misunderstood comedy that was Spider-Man yeah. Three. <laughs> Uh, which is an episode we should do because yeah, yeah. I feel very. Do you want to talk about a hot take? Yeah. Spider Man yeah. Three is a misunderstood comedy. Yeah. Um, hot takes. Indeed. Uh, Spider Man Four was going to have John Malkovich as uh, the Vulture. I just fell out of my chair. Which I think would have been amazing. Yeah. Amazing casting. And it was just an amazing performance to see John Malkovich yeah. uh, fly around in feathers. That would have been perfect. It would have been incredible. That would have been absolutely perfect. Yeah. But we'll never, we'll never know. No. I want to live in that multiverse. Indeed. Maybe one day. Hopefully. Maybe one day. But that's it. There you have it. That's top five. That's our top five. Our two favorites, Willem and Heath. Yeah. We love them. They're great. I'll watch those movies over and over again because of them. Raph. Yo. Who are you? Where can you be found? I can be found on the internet. Um, Uh If you want to at me for my hot take that Willem Dafoe's performance in Spider-Man was better than Heath Ledger's performance in Dark Knight. Mm. You can at me on Twitter or Instagram at mm-hmm. Rafstit, all one word, R-A-F-S-T-I-T-T. You can also be found on Letterboxd, um, but I don't know if you can just like call me out for a bad take that you don't like. Um, there you go. But yeah, come at me. Let's let's talk. Let's, let's discourse on the interwebs. Absolutely. Where can we find you? You can find me, Raf, 
mainly on Instagram, posting about Barada <laughs> at Michael underscore Rocco underscore. That's R-U-O-C-C-O. Michael underscore Rocco underscore. You can also follow me on Twitter. I don't tweet, but you can follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore Rocco. And you can follow both of us and the podcast hmm. on Instagram and Twitter at Straight2DVDPod. That's the number two, Straight2DVDPod. And you can find the podcast itself wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Merch is out there. Merch is out. Take a pic. Buy it. Well, buy it. Then take a picture of yourself wearing it. Absolutely. We'll, t- we'll tag retweet us, you. Tag us at, it, at us. We'll tag us. Yeah. <laughs> tag it at us. Tag, tag it at us. <laughs> tag it at us. We'll post it on our Instas, on our Twitskies. Yeah. Buy Hope a mug. Buy a sweatshirt. Buy a, buy a straight-to-DVD thong. It's hot out there. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> it's real hot this summer. Yeah. You're going to be hitting the pool. Want a new uh, yeah. bikini? Straight-to-DVD bikini? Straight-to-DVD speedo. Just, just says STD right on your ass. Ugh. Hell yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And this is a good time to announce that with the podcast releasing today, uh, we have another collaboration um, this evening, later this week. We're not sure when it's going to come out, but we yeah. will be featured... On Miles's podcast, Disc Dump. Oh yes, again. Yeah, uh, we'll be discussing another comic book film because there's just so many. <laughs> we can't get away from we it. We can't get away from them. Uh, so look out for that. We will post about that, and we will link Miles' podcast. Yeah. When we post about that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nice, dude. All right, business cousin. I'll catch you on the flip side. Adios, muchach. <laughs>